You're listening to the Rising Lava Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Pace, a mom and behavior coach here to help you understand and support your kids' big emotions and big behaviors. Okay, this past month, I had the awesome opportunity to go to a Jennifer Finlayson Fife uh, marriage retreat with my husband. And if you have not heard of Jennifer Finlayson Fife, she's a marriage therapist. And I had learned about her because she teaches a class called Art of Desire and then a class called Art of Loving. So Art of Desire is a woman's course. And um, a couple of years ago, my friend went to it and I was just intrigued. I was like, oh, that's really cool. Like, what do you learn about? And at the time that I learned about it, I don't think I was in the space to be able to receive that information. Like I hadn't gone on this journey, on this path to kind of be in this spot. But now when I learn about it, it just is so intriguing. And I want to take all of the courses um, because they just align so much with what I'm doing. And so because they align so much with what I talk about with conscious parenting, what I talk about in my Rise series is it was important to me to kind of recap a little bit of that and not really talk to you about marriage, but talk to you about some of the ideas that were presented at this retreat and then try to like really help you and me and everybody who listens just see um, the the parallels that happen in all of our relationships between marriage and with parenting. Okay, so let me start by just saying a little bit more about the marriage retreat. So it was the Strengthening Your Relationships marriage retreat. And my husband and I, we um, dropped our kids off in Washington with my mom and so that we could go to this retreat for like three days in Oregon. It was beautiful. And we knew nobody there, absolutely nobody. But we made fast friends with so many of the people because it was really amazing to be with a group of people who are all interested in bettering their relationships. And the vibration, if you will, or just like the atmosphere, the the spirit in the room was just high vibration. Like everybody was there for growth and improvement. And this is how I feel when I go to like my retreat where I'm with moms who want to awaken themselves or when I go to um, like even a convention for a business, like everyone who's there has this mutual goal and purpose of improving themselves in some sort of way. So that was really cool to just kind of feel that walking in. Like it's a little bit intimidating to go to a conference where you know nobody and to talk about your marriage. And like you don't know, like some people were there like as their last chance um, to see, you know, this is our last chance to see if we're going to be able to make it. And some people were there like I they're like 80 years old and they just want to keep learning more. They're lifelong learners. That's who I hope to be. And then there was like me and PJ who don't really have a lot of conflict in our marriage, but we wanted to find ways to grow closer as a couple and just learn some things. And we didn't, I mean, we didn't even have like an agenda of things we had to learn while we were there. Um, but we were just kind of open to it and excited about it. And it was actually a gift that PJ got me. He wrote me a letter for Christmas and he'll probably be embarrassed that I'm sharing this, but he wrote me a letter that said, I would just really like to grow closer with you this year. Let's go to a marriage retreat. And I'm like, heck yeah, let's go. So we went and it started and it was amazing. But here's what I was expecting it to be. A lot of the literature I read and the books, the love language books, the podcasts, the, I mean, even just the coaches that I follow on Instagram kind of have this theme of, you know, figuring out what your husband likes and who they are. And I think that's a very valuable piece. Like when you're talking about, um, you know, how to love your spouse, you want to know like some things, about, some basic things about them, how they view you, how you view them. Like for me, when I told PJ like, oh, I don't see it that way. He's like, wait, what? Like, 
I thought everyone viewed it this way. And so understanding the differences and the needs of different people totally is valid and totally has a place in marriage therapy and 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 just in marriages, right? And in relationships, like understanding what someone's interested in, understanding how they view the world. But what I was thinking that this conference would be is like how to figure out like what PJ needs. Like how can I figure out what my spouse needs and how can he figure out what I need and how can we be that for each other? And that's kind of like an attachment-based model of marriage. And it's okay, but it's also not okay because we're basically in that model, we're relying on somebody else to meet our needs, okay? So I'm going to tie this into parenting, I promise, but I just want to kind of go with this thought a little bit more. So if we're depending on someone else to meet our needs, then we need them. We don't love them, we need them. So... If I am expecting PJ to meet my needs sexually, financially, physically, and emotionally, then I don't have any space to love him because I'm just needing him, okay? And I see a lot of older couples like in in my life where I'm just like, do they even love each other or do they just need each other at this point? And it's kind of sad and it's okay. Like that's just how it is. But also it's just like, I want more than that. Like that feels empty to me. And so she brought up this thought on the first day and it took us three days to really start to wrap our minds around it. And I think I still am. But like if you need someone, you can't love them is kind of the thought that she said. Or like if you need someone, you don't desire them. Like you just need them. And so if we if we can't love someone, if we need them, then how like so what so what are we going to learn at this conference then, Jennifer from Lace and Five? Like what are we here to learn if like they can't meet my needs. And like, obviously I already knew this, but the the idea behind a healthy marriage is not that somebody else can meet your needs or knows how to meet your needs. It's that you own your own part. If you need something, you either communicate it, you get it met. Like you're not relying on somebody else to meet your needs to get through life. And that was really, really, really empowering from the very get-go of the conference. That was like the first session because then we started to realize, oh, these are our our habits. These are our losing strategies. These are the things that are really, really hard for us. Like I, for me, I like to accommodate everybody. So like if my kids are having bed in this, I'm like, okay, I'm going to prepare this and I get like anxious and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. So this person doesn't get reacting, blah, blah, blah. And I start feeling responsible for everyone's emotions again. And maybe somebody else in the marriage, they're yellers. Or maybe somebody else in the marriage, they withdraw. And if they're withdrawing, so like if my husband were withdrawing and I was just like making sure everyone's needs are met and I'm meeting everyone's emotions, it's not this huge conflict that you're like, whoa, look out for this couple. But it's also feeding each other's um hard habits it's feeding each like if if I'm fixing everything for everybody and he's withdrawing then he's not owning his part and I'm taking on more of my part than I need to and both of those are just not healthy places to be in so we kind of realize like okay these are habits these are boundary lines these are like sometimes we go one up or one down and there's all these things like go to one of her conferences or take it online this is not sponsored by Jenner I should ask if I could be sponsored for this episode no I'm just joking um but these ideas were so amazing and aligned so much with what I talk about in parenting and so I kind of want to shift over to parenting now because we get the idea I'm not going to give you the whole spiel on the conference but the idea is that you own your own part And you can only control 
your part. And if you're doing the work on you, and if you're coming at conflict without placing blame and um, shame and saying, oh, this is your fault or being the victim or anything like that, if you are owning your part and being like, hey, I was feeling this way when this happened, and I don't know if that's what you were intending, but this is how I feel, then the conflicts are resolved so much easier and everyone can understand each other. And the goal, the goal in the end of this is to understand the other person. And if we can understand the person and still love them, even in their flawed self and not try to change them, then that is mature love. Okay. So how does this apply to parenting? It's the same thing I'm talking about with conscious parenting. It just gave me Give me a little bit more of a depth understanding to it and why it's so important. So with conscious parenting, it has a similar meaning behind it that it's not about what our kid's doing. It's not about how we parent our kid. It's how we manage ourselves and our own emotions. We obviously have a different role in parenting than we do in relationships because we're not parenting our spouse. Like we are responsible for their health and safety, our kids' health and safety. We're responsible for teaching them things. We have different responsibilities in this relationship. But what I really like about this connection and this, I guess, lifestyle and this culture that I'm trying to create within my own home that aligns so well the first part and the second part is that I am only responsible for me. I can only pick up what's mine to pick up. So if I set a boundary and my child's sad, I'm not making them feel sad. They are just sad. And that is okay. It's valid and totally okay for them to feel sad. But I don't need to now manage their sadness. I only am responsible for what's mine. Because a lot of times I feel like we set a boundary, our kids get sad, and then we take back the boundary because we feel like we're responsible for their happiness. And so, bam, we got to take that back that boundary. But if we look at it this way, then we realize, okay, I'm only responsible for me and it's really hard and I can sit with them in their sadness, but I don't need to take that sadness away because these emotions are all part of learning. The other thing that I thought was really cool to observe is like kind of our patterns in parenting. So one thing I noticed the other day is I was really reactive to my child's reaction and I was telling her to stop reacting while I was reacting. Okay, so they were feeding each other. Our reactions were feeding into each other. So when we can realize how we react to our triggers and how our kids react, then like it's not like it's like automatically going to go away, but we can take a pause and be like, oh, whoa, like I'm reacting. Like I caught myself and I was like, whoa, I'm reacting to her reacting. So what am I teaching her? I'm teaching her to react more. (laughs) And it's like so silly because sometimes we're like, well, I want to parent this way, but then when we're triggered, we do the exact same thing we're trying to parent them out of, okay? And so just kind of being conscious of our own habits and our own patterns, and a lot of those were created by our subconscious when we were being raised. And so right now, it's our job to kind of disentangle those from our body and be like, oh, like that's not actually how I want to show up. And we'll say that, but then they'll keep showing up, right? Because they're, they're entangled into our bodies, right? So... The first step is just like starting to notice those things and acknowledging those things. And then when it happens, be like, whoa, I was reacting. Well, I was telling you not to react. That is so silly. Next time I'm going to try to do better about not reacting. Like, why don't we and then you work on a strategy together? So you're owning your part in this cycle. Anyways, I thought it was really interesting and really, really cool to kind of piece some of these things together 
This ownership piece is something I've been so passionate about in parenting. Like when you make a mistake, you apologize. And when you set a boundary, you follow through. And when you like, when you do something and your child's sad, that's not a reflection of you. Or if your child has a behavior, that's not a reflection of your worth. Like there's, there's just like this ownership and this separation of parent from child. And obviously we want the relationship. So we want a connection, but we also need this independence about us and about them. So we're not enmeshed. We need connection and we need independence. And that's so much of what I learned with marriage. It's like we need independence and we need connection. And so, so tying this all together, I just want to say like the work that you're doing as a conscious parent and the work you're doing to start to see the things that you do that you don't like about your parenting or see the things that you do that you don't like about your communication or see the, the patterns in your home that you're like, mm, I'm not too comfortable with that. That's part of this process of unlearning, disentangling those old beliefs. And then we can go in and be like, okay, I'm going to own my part. And the only part I can control today is my reaction to the behaviors. I can't control what my kids do. I can't control what my spouse does, but I can manage me. And so then if you think about it, like what are some ways that you can show up more for yourself? Like, is it a morning routine? Is it going to bed earlier? Is it drinking more water? There's some basic things that we can add into our self-care to make sure that we're able to manage ourself and our emotions. So I don't know. There's so much more. There's so, so, so much more that I could go into here. I don't think I'm gonna do much more today, but I just wanna put in a plug for all of the things um, learning. So I think it's really, really valuable to learn and be a lifelong learner and read the books and listen to the podcast. Like you're listening to this right now, obviously. So you are a learner. You continue to learn and put things that you find valuable and that uplift you into your life, right? But then I think it takes it to another level when you're willing to do learning with a group of like-minded people. I just think it's such a valuable thing. So I also want to say like, if you are not in my Facebook community, come join it. It's not as active as I'd like it to be, but we can change that. If you are interested in my next retreat where it's like, we're doing this stuff, we're going to go through boundaries, we're going to go through triggers, we're going to go through those unheld beliefs, and we're going to start to heal them at my next retreat. And I'm so excited about that. Then get on my wait list for that. It's on my website. I'll put it in the show notes. Or if you want to be a part of this at a smaller scale, but still be part of a community, get on the waitlist for my next Rise Challenge because that is where we're doing a lot of this in micro doses. So it's not overwhelming. It's just like a basic beginning series to start to really unlearn these beliefs, um, reframe how we see behaviors and put to practice with small, simple steps daily to you know help us become the parent we want to be. Thank you for listening and you can check out those links in my show notes. Hey friends, have you loved listening to the Rising Lava Parenting Podcast? If you have, please leave a five-star review, comment the things that you love, what you want to hear more about, tell me how this podcast has impacted your life. Thank you so much for being here and share it with a friend. Let's change the world of parenting.